Welcome to the Success Inspired Podcast, a business and personal development podcast to help you accomplish more in life and realize your true potential. And now here is your host, Fit Muller. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Success Inspired Podcast. My guest today is an international life coach who supports courageous and determined professionals who feel lost, stuck, and unfulfilled in their life to connect to their passions, to their purpose, and, and they're not able to leave their you know, 95 behind and create that lifestyle they've always dreamed of. So she coaches and guides these people who are looking for motivation and fulfillment and sense of purpose in their life. She helps them to stop sacrificing their true selves and instead create ways to express their purpose, bringing their natural passion and gifts to the world. She helps people truly reflect and understand what's holding them back from being their authentic self and living fully. Please welcome to the show, Leah Masonic. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to be here. Great to have you on the show, Leah. Now, I've already introduced you a little bit. What's something that not many people know about you? Oh, that's a good one. Let me think about it. I think a lot of people, I've talked about it a little bit, but I don't talk about it much because I don't do it anymore. But probably 10 years ago or so, I obtained my private pilot's license and learned how to fly. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Very exciting. I don't know. I always wanted to do it and it was just something that I wanted. You know, I love learning. It was a challenge for me. And so I, I undertook that. Yeah. That's something I think a lot of people don't know necessarily about me. What led to that? What, what, what interested you to start taking up flying lessons? Yeah. So when I first was done with high school, I'm, in, I'm from the US, obviously, and I wanted to go to a university, I went to an aeronautical university. So in that university, a lot of people were learning to become professional pilots, you know, meteorologists, like anything surrounding aviation. And I was going there for aviation computer science. And I selected that based on, not that I knew much about flying to begin with, but my grandfather had flown in the war, in the Korean War, and that was kind of an inspiration for me. So I selected that university for aviation computer science, like I said, and I saw so many people learning to fly there, and I kind of got the bug, but I didn't pursue it for quite a while. Mm. I kind of waited. And I do tend to be a little bit, even though that sounds like a risky kind of thing to do, I do tend to be a little bit more cautious kind of person. So it took me a while to work up the nerve to decide to just do it. That's cool. Yeah. So did you end up did you end up actually like flying a bit? I did. Yeah, I flew for a couple of years, um, still under my private pilot's license. So it's not like I could do it commercially and make any money off of it. But it was just a fun thing. Oh, okay, um, so I just will, like for your for your own self, like just hiring yeah, a plane, just go a bit of practicing, keeping those yeah. flight hours on the log and yeah, that sort of stuff. Exactly. But it's a very expensive hobby. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So I eventually stopped doing it, but I'd love to go back to it. It's still on my bucket list of one of the things that I want to, I want to pick back up again. Mm. And how does it work? Do you, do you have to, once you become licensed and it's all for certain, obviously set, certain type of plans as well. Do you then need to yeah. uh, do like refresher courses to maintain that license? Yeah, you need to have so many hours and different types of flying, right? So night flying, so many types of landings, that type of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. But I, I think I've been away from it for a while. So I think I'd, I, w- I, don't, I wouldn't want to start entirely from scratch, but I would probably want to start. A couple of refresher lessons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, for good. sure. 
for sure. <clears throat> That's good. I mean, we do so many different things in our lives, and you know, we might we might pursue one thing, you know, maybe start a business to do this. Uh, but in the past, we may have been doing something else. And I guess the key here is that you always you always get good at something, but you only maintain those skills as long as you keep keep them fresh, right? So it's um, it brings up the importance of yeah, just keep staying staying in touch with your skill sets. You've got a, a, a you've acquired a new set of skill sets. You're now a life coach. What led to that? Uh, bring us bring us back to that backstory so we understand and connect the dots. Yeah, so it, it's probably a fairly long story, but I think that all of my adult life, I have felt like. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing with my life. Like I wasn't where I was supposed to be. I wasn't, it, it just didn't feel like it was naturally fitting with what I wanted to do, you know? So, and I'll, I'll go through some of this, but basically from the time I was about 13 years old on, I always had this very uh, strong sense of responsibility, right? And very strong sense of independence and always wanted to be able to take care of myself and not depend on a lot of other people. And so I think that started me down the path of almost just shooting on myself, if you want to say it that right way, right? About I should do this, I should do that, right? So I should go to school, I should get a good job, I should climb the corporate ladder, I should you know, buy a house, get married, have children, like all of those things. Mm -hmm. But it never really fit with me. And I struggled a lot, especially in my corporate career with not really feeling again, like I was fitting in, like I was being someone I wasn't, I wasn't being true to myself. But at the same time, I didn't necessarily know who I was. And I didn't know how to figure it out. Like I didn't know how to figure out who I was and, and what I really wanted in my life and what I was good at and all of those things. And it wasn't until I started to do some deep inner work and even started to work with coaches that I started to understand, you know, what I felt like my natural skills were. Was that something, really was yeah. that something that you naturally like decided to, to start exploring or, or was that some event that sort of made you realize you know yeah, you what mean, there you is mean life coaching uh yeah well like you said like you started to work in like your inner work starting to seeking coaches yeah. what led you because some people might live their life and they never really consider okay maybe i need to, need to fix myself up a, a little bit or you know yeah like, yeah uh, explore those areas you know for me it wasn't it wasn't like one life-changing event I'll say that it, it was just a series of I would feel really unhappy I would feel like god this is not where I'm supposed to be with my life and I would do a half-assed job trying to figure it out like what am I supposed to be doing what do I want to do and then I would get a little bit of momentum not really get very far get discouraged kind of slip back into the well you know I, I have a good job I have a good life I should just be happy with mm. what I have right but that was a cycle that I kept going through you know, and that would last for a little while. Then I would get really unhappy again and be like, "This, there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be. Like, this is not it. Right. So I felt like something was, something was missing. Yeah, something was missing. And I think it part of it took like a little bit of maturity on my part to do the work to figure it out. I'm a huge Tim Ferriss fan. So reading like the four-hour work week, right? And and getting a glimpse of there's this other life besides being on this nine to five corporate kind of treadmill life where you can create something of your own. But again, it wasn't enough for me to really understand what I wanted to do. And it wasn't until I started to hear about life coaching and explore that a little bit more that it started to almost like align with 
with what I what I had been good at or what I am good at and what I enjoy doing like bits and pieces so that uh, of that throughout my career was kind of leading me to that and that's where I decided to just you know what I'm going to take the plunge and just do it I'm going to I'm going to figure out what it takes to be a life coach I'm going to go through the training and I'm going to start my own business and here I am a couple of years later <laughs> mm. so tell us about that where, where you're now how's how's that how's the success for you developed yeah. So, you know, I think starting out, it was a little rough, right? And and you hear all these things that people tell you about, you have to niche down or niche down and really come to your conclusion about who you want to help. And um, mm. especially and when it comes to an area like being a life coach, right? Because there's right, so, many, huge. so many out, so many of them out there. I mean, right. I get a lot, lot of them out there. Right? Yeah. 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 I'm sure you get a lot of people contacting you, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, a few, yeah. So I'm like, okay. Well, how do you differentiate with with the other ones? That's a good question. I think I think it's a lot of it is about being yourself, and that's taken me a little bit of time to figure out. And mm-hmm. you know, you can't be every t- everything to everyone, and you can't be trying to attract every single type of person that might possibly want a life coach. You have to put your authentic self out there, and the people that you resonate with will find you, I think is really kind of what I've learned. Now, what are some of, some of the typical um, struggles that people come to you with uh, when they seek help? Yeah. A lot of it, a lot of the people that I work with are people that are where I was years ago. Right. And so they're burned out in the nine to five. They may have been trying things to change their life and try and figure it all out. And they've just gotten stuck. And they feel lost. So it's people, you know, I had one client from um, Amsterdam who was on a burnout leave from her job because she just couldn't handle it anymore. She just mm-hmm. she couldn't do it. And she wanted to take a break. And she wanted to figure out like what she, what her values were, what she was passionate about, and how to combine those with her natural skills and things that she wanted to do. And so I think it's people like that, people that are, are typically in a professional setting but know that there's more out there for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so what's that process of, of that transition? How do you, was that particular, is, is there some good questions that you ask your clients or where do you start with them when, when you know, that first yeah. step? Yeah, the first step I usually start with clients is, is right, setting some really good goals that we'll work on when we're working together in a coaching package. And, and, I think to get at good goals, you have to really dig deeper than the surface level of what people say that they want. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times when they're in pain, they'll, you know, I'd be able to identify some of that pain, but they won't really be digging deeper into the whys behind that. Mm-hmm. And so we do that in order to set some really solid inspirational goals. But the typical process that I would take clients through, and, and for each client, it's a little bit different, but it's really about, you know, what are your passions and your values? What do you love doing? Like, what is what really lights you up? Uh, figuring that out. Second piece is, what are your natural gifts and skills? Like, what are the things that maybe you take for granted that you're really good at that other people struggle with? And I think that can be difficult to come up with, too. I've found that. And then trying to find the intersection of those two. So where can those two meet? So the client I was just talking about, right? She 
was really passionate about art. And that's something that she had done long ago, but she lost, you know, as she kind of got married and had children and moved and, and you know, started establishing her career. She really wanted to do something around that. She's also really passionate about a and b that they had in Spain. And so when we were working together... Uh, what, sorry? A, biz, uh, 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 bed and breakfast. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they have a bed and breakfast in Spain or they have a place in Spain that, that what we had come up with is, could you combine those two? Could you mm. make it into, right, where you could have this bed and breakfast there and you could have your artwork displayed on the walls, right, and for sale? Or maybe you could offer art tours or maybe you could bring local artists in or maybe you could do um, art classes, right? I mean, there's so many different things you could do to combine those two different things into something that, you know, could be something you love. Yeah, I love it. That's good. And you provide that new experience now because if somebody books a bed and breakfast, they stay yeah. in your place, say, for a week. They've had a really good experience. You know, they've got some good memories of that stay. Now you say, okay, well, now I'll give you an opportunity to capture some of that uh, or uh, buy an, an artifact from that, mm-hmm. from that stay that will always remind you this, this, this vacation. So you can pick and choose any of these paintings that you've seen in, in the property where you were while you were there and you can purchase one and then just right. hang it up and every time you look at it you'll just go back to the time when you were in spain and enjoying yourself there for a week that's, i think that's pretty cool yeah yeah so it's really that's like that's really the third step i take people through is like how can you combine those two things and then i think from there another key piece is okay what actions are you going to take mm. right like you have to have a clear vision for where you're going and then what actions are you going to take to get there? And I think that can be the hard part for folks as well. All, all, the, all the steps in the process can be a little bit difficult depending on where you're at, but I think that one can be especially hard. Especially when you're venturing into the new unknown, a new, new area where you haven't, may have not been before. Like, you, like I said, you might have that passion for art, but how do you, what's that, you know, how does that practically look like when you're trying to, if, if you're trying to make it into a, a freedom lifestyle or make that into, you know, yeah. Make, make up for your living as well mm-hmm. so then you start yeah and and that's where your role comes in as a coach you're asking those questions and help them navigate that thought mm-hmm. process right mm-hmm. exactly exactly mm-hmm. yeah excellent any other good examples of uh of how you help somebody from being 95 to now doing something that really and truly uh, fulfills them yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I have other examples too. I was working with a client who was with a company that she really enjoyed, but she no longer enjoyed the role she was in. Mm-hmm. It was very high stress. She just wasn't feeling fulfilled by it. She had a lot of pressure from you know management, things like that. And so what we did was we worked together to figure out, okay, what parts of, of your current role or the roles that you've had in the recent past do you enjoy? Like, where have you found success? And where have you really been excited to go to work and and what really you know do you enjoy doing and gravitate towards Mm. in that case it was had a lot to do with training and mentoring people that's like the part that she loved about her job and that she really gravitated towards and so then we started to say okay are there opportunities within your current company because you still like that company right it's not like you are running away from it or are there other ways that you can create those opportunities in different industries that you might be interested in, right? And so we did a lot of brainstorming on that. And she came up with some of the different places where she could still take on kind of a mentoring or teaching role yeah, and get that fulfillment without necessarily leaving her nine to five. 
Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's that case as well. So I think that's a little bit of a different situation is, you know, you can pursue your passion and your purpose in many different ways. Yeah, I think you're bringing up an interesting point here. And that is not to really look at nine to five as something that is a, it's, it's, it's not really a bad thing. What is it that we all want? We just want to be yeah. happy, right? And whatever mm-hmm. that looks like, it's, it doesn't mean that you have to now quit your nine to five and start working on your own and running your own business that because it doesn't st- it doesn't sometimes work that way you might have a right. passion for art uh, but then when you actually launch it into your own business now you hate it because there's all these other aspects that you didn't realize and so yeah it's it's important to strike that right balance isn't it right right yeah that's a that's a really good point i had another client who he was in a position where he could kind of do anything he wanted right he, he was didn't at that point in time, didn't have a job, but wasn't in need of a paycheck, let's say. And we worked together to understand like, okay, where, again, going back to like, where are there times in your career where you felt a sense of success and you felt like you were just really fulfilled and loving what you were doing? And it was really interesting because what we came up with was at one point he was in a sales position. So he was a salesman essentially, right? He hated identifying with a sale as a salesman though, because he didn't feel like that really fit with him. But Mm. what we were able to uncover the part of it, what made him successful in that role and what he liked about it was that the way in which he sold was through educating people. Right. And so he would teach them about the product and the service he was trying to sell. And that really gave him a lot of fulfillment because he felt like he wasn't kind of that quote unquote slimy salesman, just trying to get a sale. He was Mm -hmm. educating someone to make a really informed decision about about the service that they was that he was offering so i mean it was something like that that we discovered after we dug a little bit deeper into it right we also discovered he really liked the sense of autonomy that he had in a lot of his roles in the past where he was given the freedom to in his nine to five to run with a team manage a large budget you know not micromanaged if you will and that was something that we also ha- kind of had as an insight to some of the work that we were doing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it all, it all sounds like there's a bit of a framework to it when, when we look at when you when you look at you know helping an individual explore what those yeah. what what is it that's going to make them feel a bit more happy at what mm-hmm. they do, right? So right. there's a I mean when we look at purpose and and really living like fulfilling life you could have a maybe a checklist of a couple of different areas of where you can explore across all all those right one could be okay self self uh, actualization like your skill sets that you really enjoy doing the other one could be what value does that bring for others right and and then you probably go through a set of questions to explore that Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's good. Mm-hmm. Is there something that people can then do themselves as a starting point? Is there anything that you'd recommend? That depends on what part of the process they're in, right? And so I think you know the the exercise that I just described about you know coming up with and typically I I say come up with three scenarios from your previous life or you know in experiences of your past again, where you felt very successful, where you felt like you were very, again, fulfilled, where you were very happy, where you were just, you kind of lit up, right? So we're talking and about the emotional side of things, really connecting where, where was that most positive, strongest emotion yes. for you associated with whatever the activity was that you'd done in the past? Yeah. And that's, that's just one way in which I help, uh, you know, I think that's something that people could do on their own too, but it's one way in which I help clients, you know, come up with that first 
kind of part of the process of like figuring out what you love. The second part, really figuring out what you're good at and what your natural skills are. I think there's a lot of people, and that's like me included, that in the past have probably really struggled with that, right? You don't want to toot your own horn. You don't want to come across as arrogant or, you know, full of yourself. And so you Mm. may feel uncomfortable saying what you're good at. I was actually, I'm actually part of, now with COVID, it's a little bit different, but there's a networking group that I'm a part of and it's all entrepreneurs. And one of the icebreakers we did at the beginning of one of our meetings was, and there was about 30 of us there, mm-hmm. you know, talk about your name, you know, say your name, say your business, and then say one thing that you're great at. How many mm. people do you think we went through before that quickly devolved from, I'm really great at this to, gosh, I, I think I'm good at this thing. I'm yes, okay at that, that, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 it was, it it was like took probably four people before it started to become, well, I think I'm kind of good at this. You know, it was just, it was very difficult for people to talk about what they're great at. So one of the things that I think that I've found success myself with, and that I think other people find success with as well is kind of the whole exercise is from Marie Forleo. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but it's around your superpowers and, you know, find some trusted people that are, you know, either coworkers or, you know, friends, family, and ask and tell them you're doing a little bit of the deep inner work uh-huh. and ask them, you know, I want to help, I want your help understanding what you think, you know, my top three superpowers are. And it is, I found it a very uncomfortable exercise to do, you know, because the, the answers I got, I am not a crier by any means, like, not very emotional, but like some of the answers I got back and some of the things that my friends and family were telling me was like, oh my gosh, that is really, I didn't know you felt that way about like what I bring to the table and it's very insightful. And it was just, it was a very emotional and very much a learning experience, I think. Yeah, hundred percent. Because sometimes when people ask us to answer that question for us, it's hard, it's really hard to answer that because- Mm-hmm. You, you 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 perceive yourself a certain way, and 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 you might really not see you might not really see it, right? You might not really see those attributes, but right. the other people see it. So I think that there is a power in asking those that are around us every day to ask them that. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. Now, yeah. let's talk about your business a little bit. What were some of the toughest experiences that you've had? in starting and growing your business so far? How did you overcome them? And what did that experience um, of doing so did for you? That's a really good question. I think the toughest thing that I've experienced with my own business is trying to overcome my own mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of that little bit of imposter syndrome, right? Like, who am I to start this business? Who am I to help people? A little bit of the perfectionism not wanting to put things out there until like they're fully baked and, and I feel like they're um, perfect, quote unquote perfect, which is nothing really perfect. And I think just, yeah, I'd say the hardest part for me has been just my mindset and being really willing to put myself out there more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's been very tough, very tough and kind of adopting more of that, CEO mindset, if you will, right? Almost taking that emotional piece out of it and not making so much it's so much about you personally, but like about the business. 
if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you draw, you draw upon your own experience of transitioning from nine to five to find that purpose in, in coaching, mm-hmm. uh, coaching others. Right. So, so that's important because people need to have some relevance to it, like some credibility behind it, but then doing it well. And, and when you start, it's, it's always to question yourself, right? Is it, Oh yeah. Am I doing the right thing? Am I just bullshitting myself? Are gonna people are people gonna listen to me or value my my device or all those all those questions? So that's yeah. and I guess that's in a certain way that never I guess never goes away, but it, it gets you, you get better at it, right? Because right. More, with more clients that you you help, it's kind of like you back yourself every time, right? Right. Right. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Like having experience helps. I think, you know, just asking yourself, uh, what's on the other side of fear? I always like that question. You know, if you can get past that fear, what does that get you? Right. And, and I think it's slowly acclimating to that fear as well. So that the next thing that you try and stretch yourself in, it's a challenge, but it's not as bad as, as what you maybe think it is. Right. I mean, it's kind of like when I was learning to fly, I was, frightened a lot of the time <laughs> yeah. right and but you just kind of get used to it the more you the more you learn the more you do it the more you kind of stretch yourself if you will yeah now the other the other thing you can always go go back to is uh, just to reflect on on that journey if you ever have those th- moments of doubt or that self talk you can mm-hmm. always go back and well actually look at me like it's been 2 years and i have helped other people so I am right. a life coach, right? Yes. Or exactly. if, if somebody asks you, okay, well, who are you to life coach me? Well, you can say, well, but you're, you're unhappy where you are now. And that's where I was, right? So you can, you've, you, that's, a, that's a true story. It's not a right. made up story, right? You, yeah. you were there, you weren't, you weren't happy. Some, some of these areas you weren't happy for and you made a decision and now you are a life coach two years in. Which means if you're doing something for two years, then and you're doing it quite all right. Is that what you do? You don't do anything else? This is what makes you a living? I'm a life coach, but I'm also another type of coach as well. So I coach um, in a corporate environment. So I'm still in somewhat of a corporate environment, and I coach yep. people in information technology Cool. on how to deliver value more effectively and efficiently is probably the simplest way that I would put it. So I work mm-hmm. with teams of people on how they can work better together, work better with other teams. Yeah. Right, right. But ultimately, the, the, the point here I'm trying to make is that you are, you find, yeah. you've, you finally found something that you enjoy doing. You love it, right? You love yeah. everything that you do now. So you found that fulfillment. So mm-hmm. that's that credibility that I'm trying to say. Like there is, because some, right. some people might be listening to it and, and, and think like, okay, <clears throat> well, even for me, I must say, you know, even before, you know, uh, not before this conversation, but over the last, you know, few years, like when I, you know, started to work for myself, like there's all these life coaches, life coaches. I'm like, who are these people? Like every second person is a life coach. <laughs> and so you're like, uh, so many, like, this is bullshit, you know, like, okay, everybody calls themselves a life coach. But when you think about like example like yours, well, it's, that is a credible example. You know, right. everybody, yeah. it doesn't mean that you need to have, uh, uh, say I've been a life coach for 20 years or have that crazy story. That's, that's really out there to, to really make it stand out. 
you can be a life coach because you've you've made it and you're living that full fulfilling life now. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And like for me, the reason one of the reasons I wanted to be a life coach was because when I was trying to figure stuff out, I hired my own life coach, mm-hmm. and I loved. I, I was so thrilled and so excited about what the transformation I was able to go through that I was like, I want everyone to experience this, like everyone. <laughs> yeah. So tell us, you tell know? us about those moments when you started this to see success in your life coaching business. How did that impact your lifestyle? Oh, uh, uh, in a million different ways, I'd say. I feel like I've grown exponentially over the last two years as far as my confidence, my sense of self and my sense of purpose, finding my voice being more comfortable in my own skin, putting myself out there, like I mentioned earlier, all of those things, you know, and it's not to say, of course, that I don't struggle with things. There's things I do struggle with still, and I will continue to struggle with, and we can talk about those. But yeah, it's just made such a huge difference in my life to be able to help people in a way that I feel like was so helpful to me is so fulfilling. It's Mm -hmm. just amazing. When you reflect back to where you were before, to where you're now, Mm -hmm. Before maybe you had, you know, if you break, you know, the, break out the day, you know, day has 24 hours, you maybe okay, you sleep eight hours, to 16 hours left. Out of those 16 hours, when you're living a life that's not fulfilling, out of those hours, how many of those hours would you feel questioning your path that you're on and, and whether it's, you know, whether you're, you know, doing, doing something that really is, 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 is right for you to where you're now, how many of those hours would you doubt, doubt now? Uh, night and day because like before it just felt like I wasn't like, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier. Like I wasn't being myself. Like I wasn't my authentic self. I was trying to fit into this mold or be someone that I wasn't really, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of, a lot of my career. And now I feel like I can be much more myself, right? I can be my authentic, authentic self. I can be helping people and I can be doing what I want to be doing. Not what I feel like I should be doing for someone else. So that, that feeling of happiness is, there's more of it now for you. Oh, in, yes. In yeah. a day, right? I yeah. mean, I much you, you'd still probably have moments in, a, in, in, in each day or per day that you, you, like, you might feel down, but maybe it's not as much. Right. Right. Yeah. So you wake up, mm-hmm. you feel like a bit more pumped. You've got the purpose. You, you're doing something that fulfills you. You've got your clients lined up for the day and, and you, feel, you feel good. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So much more happier and, and like, it's almost like a sense of calm, but excited at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense. It's almost just like this. I don't know how to explain it, but it feels great. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now this show is about inspiring others to be at their best. What do yes. you do to keep yourself at your best? Do you, do you work out Leah? I do. I do. So my husband and I, we have a free weight system in the basement. So we do that two to three times a week. So things like deadlifts and bench presses and um, all that kind of stuff. Cool. And, I, and I do enjoy it. Uh, I didn't initially, but we've been doing it about pretty steady for two and a half years now. And that's one way that I, that I stay fit. And I, and it just gives you, and you know this because of your background, but right. Like, you could go into working out and be crabby and just like not want to do it, but you can come out feeling so much better. Yeah. Right. I Absolutely. I feel like that. And I love that. And, you know, I, I think from a standpoint of just physically being healthier, stronger, that's really important to me as well. 
So yeah, I love doing that. I don't do a ton of cardio, um, walk with the dogs and things like that. But we do have a lot of activities that keep us pretty busy. We do kayaking in the summer now. We'll still be doing it summer here in the U.S. Yeah. We just took up sailing, so learn to sail. Uh, we do a lot of hiking, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Yeah, so, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, speaking mm-hmm. of sailing... There was an episode that you'd like to listen to. And for those of you guys listening as well, I've interviewed somebody who who has decided to try sailing as a lifestyle. So sold everything, sold the house, sold everything they had, bought the boat, uh, learned how to sail and sailed around the world for two years. Oh my gosh. I can't wait for that one. What do you wish you had known when you started this business? Is there something like looking now and retrospecting those, those two years that... You're like, oh, but yeah, I really wish that I, I knew this when I started. I could have been doing something maybe uh, in a different way, better way, you know, plan for it more, anything like that. I don't know if there's anything that I can think of that I, you know, I think it's almost like you, I had to go through the experiences to really get to where I am today, mm-hmm. you know. But I think what I've learned is that I have to have patience mm-hmm. and perseverance. Because it, sometimes it can take a little bit longer than you think it's going to take, right? When I got done with, with coaching school, I was like, okay, now I'm a coach. Going to get like floods of people in, right? But it, there's all that aspect of it that, you know, how do you attract clients and, and how do you provide value out there? How do you find your ideal clients? And there's all that kind of thing that needs to go on as well. Yeah, the business so side think, of things. Exactly, the business side. There's the coaching side and the business side. And when before I became a coach, I interviewed a lot of coaches and asked them some pretty, what I thought were insightful questions about, tell me about your business. And, you know, the kind of this question you're asking, like, what would yeah. you wish you would have done differently? Or what do you wish someone would know going into this? And, and consistently, what I'd heard from people was, there's the coaching side of things. And then there's the business side of things. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, 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 I get it. I understand. Like I've been in business for, you know, 20 years. I, I get it. But mm. it's not until you're kind of doing it on your own that you kind of realize the magnitude of that part of it, I think, of all just the little things that you need to keep track of and do to keep it afloat, if you will. And so that was the learning experience. And again, it goes back to like just having that patience and perseverance to kind of stick with, with your dreams. Oftentimes, this is referred to like, you know, changing the heads as a business owner. You keep changing the heads. Mm-hmm. So you find this passion now. You're like, you know what? This is what really fulfills me. This is that aspect of my work that I've enjoyed doing most. I'm going to take that. I'm going to pursue that and, and make fulfill my life. It might be, like you said, might be the example of your client coaching people. Okay. But it's not just that one hand putting on that, that head of, okay, now I'm coach and coaching people and mentoring people. Now you got to be a marketer. You got to market yourself. You got to learn maybe how to do email marketing, copywriting, you know, uh, so many different things. Right. There is a lot that goes into it. A lot. (laughs) And and you might find some areas you like, some areas you might absolutely hate and wish you had somebody else. Which which areas of, of those business aspects do you enjoy, do you really enjoy and which ones do you don't? That's a great question. I actually, I actually enjoy most of it. I would say, you know, I can I, recently I switched from one kind of email system to another mm-hmm. because I felt like it was probably a little bit better fit for me. 
And I found like hours would go by because I was just so <laughs> into the nitty gritty details of like how fiddling, I want to set yep. up these. Yes, exactly. Fiddling with it. So I do really enjoy the business aspect of it. I think what I don't enjoy is, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know. I second guess my efforts at like writing copy for things. Like I write articles, I write blogs yeah. and I, and I really have found that I enjoy that part. But I think it's the like when it comes down to writing copy for my website or whatever, I worry that I am I trying to sound am I trying to sell to other coaches and try to sound like other coaches, or am I trying to sell to my client and sound authentically who I am, you know? And I think I struggle with that a little bit. So that's one aspect I don't particularly enjoy. And I think another one is so I do workshops, for example, and so far, I've only been doing virtual workshops because of COVID, but like reaching out to different people and kind of selling myself in that way from a business aspect, I think can be a little bit more challenging for me too. Mm -hmm. I do it, but I'm not great at it yet. So it feels a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Now, the good example of copywriting, I know like when I was starting out my fitness business 10 years ago, I learned very quickly that... Um, that in order to get clients, uh, and especially because for myself, like I wasn't actually basing myself out of a big, big box gym. Mm -hmm. I started, you know, running outdoor sessions, boot camps, and doing one-on-one -on -one training out of a, a private gym. So I didn't, I didn't have exposure to a regular gym members. So I realized very quickly, okay, in order for me to to get regular clients, I need to do a really good job helping my current clients so that they refer people but also build a, a strong brand online, so strong, strong online presence and, and generate some content that will drive traffic to and people will read my article, might be an article and something that I can showcase my credibility, my skill sets that will make people more likely to inquire, right? And so, yeah, so I realized, okay, I need to write articles on fitness. And yeah, it was definitely a lot of doubt, partly English, because uh, it's not my first language, but also am I... You know, am I just adding to the noise or am I like writing something that people will want to read and all that? And then I came mm -hmm. across recently a really cool strategy that I've started applying more. And that is instead of trying to write it, there are these tools now that transcribe your voice. Mm, right. right. So just it's like you're talking to somebody, tell me about this and just record yourself. Just start talking, 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 and it'll transcribe the whole thing for you. And then then you've got it written, then you can go through it and start editing it up. But it's a lot easier to edit once you've got a draft than, than it is to have a blank page and start writing something. Because I think right. the, 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 actual, what's the, word? the actual act of writing, you tend to think too much detail. Like you might write a sentence and then you might, you know, you just, you might be, thinking too much about writing what you write whereas yeah. when, you, when you're talking about something you don't really worry about it. you're just talking about it so i yeah. think that might be a, a a good strategy out there for somebody that's listening don't write it just just record your voice and get it transcribed there's, there's so many good tools out there <clears throat> mm -hmm. and and then just yeah have that rough draft and i mean and you can even go the next level and hire an editor or somebody who is a professional copywriter but you still want it maybe to be yours, to be original and it come from you. Well, now you can. You just pass mm -hmm. pass on that rough draft that was based off your stuff and just get them to polish it up. 
Right. I really like that idea because I, I, I love what you're saying about how you almost filter yourself when you're writing, right? Yeah. So you race to go back and type something better. Because I think that, and this is what I've found at least, is that I get more of a reaction from people when I am more raw and just put myself out there than when I almost censor myself, right? Because they want yeah. that authenticity and they want to see the real you. And I think if you're writing, you probably like filter yourself and make it a little yeah. bit more tame, let's say, right? And if you're transcribing it or, you know, speaking it, it's a little bit a little bit more authentic. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why I like this podcast, like starting doing a podcast is, you know, you're really you, you're not, you're not really, I mean, I do edit the, the recording after, but it's not really to, it's only to an extent of like, like this, a lot of, a lot of filler <laughs> words, right? So just maybe just right. getting rid of those. But I actually, even, even those, I actually don't get rid of that many. Cause I think they're mm -hmm. part of keeping that, you know, keeping that uniqueness, but sometimes there's just too many. <laughs> Awesome. Now, any advice just on a, on a, to wrap things up? Any advice you'd like to give to somebody looking to explore uh, making a, a change in their life, maybe starting a business or shifting to a new career that might be more fulfilling? That's a great question. I think the things that I found were helpful for me, one of them was doing my homework. Right. So if you're considering a career change, you know, really explore what is what that career change would entail to make sure that you're going in with armed with the best information that you can to make the best decision about what you want to do there. And it's not to say that you can't try something and change it. Right. Because obviously we have um, that free will to do that. But I think for me, it was very helpful to interview a lot of coaches, do a lot of research about what coaching entailed different types of coaching schools that I wanted to go to that type of thing. So I think, you know, doing your due diligence and your homework is, is something that's important. And I think the other thing, kind of going back to how we were talking about earlier is just have that patience and perseverance and know that you're going to have some really hard days yeah. and you might feel like quitting, but you know, just keep in mind that that vision that you have of way of, of your life and where you want to be and why you're coming back to your why, why are you doing this? What do you want to achieve with it? You know, what, it, what changes do you want to see? And, and I think keeping that in mind as you go along, because that can help motivate you, propel you, inspire you to keep going on when you have some of those, those struggles and those setbacks that you, everyone encounters. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And this is something I've mentioned many times on the, on the show as well. This is, this go in line with, with a fitness goal, right? If you are trying to live more healthier lifestyle, more active lifestyle, increase your fitness so that you can you know, feel more confident, you can have more energy, feel, you know, feel happy about you know, the way you feel, your body looks, you need to have that really strong reason, right? And, and having this, you know, uh, a want for a flat or, or flat belly or six-pack is not enough. So really... Peeling that onion, going one yeah. level deeper, one level deeper, asking yourself, okay, what will that make me feel like? And what will that allow me to do? Because only then you can have that really strong why. Uh, because when you start working out, it's tough, right? And there's going to be days we don't feel like going to the gym, but what will get you there is just going back to that, you know, the reason why you started in the first place and then saying, okay, well, I'm not feeling like it today. I mean, uh, I don't really have a mood for it, but you know what? I'm just going to go because uh, it's, it's, I'm on the plan. 
and mm -hmm. trusting the process, right? Right. Yeah. How can people find you, Leah? Yeah. So people can find me. I'm on Instagram at Leah Masonic. I'm on Facebook at Leah Masonic. And I'm also on LinkedIn at Leah Masonic. <laughs> so pretty easy to find me. And then I also have my website. So www.leahmasonic.com. Awesome. Yeah. Now we've put together a special offer for you guys listening. Leah, what's the offer? Yeah. So I have a free workbook that I offer. Mm -hmm. And it's a workbook around developing your personal vision. So kind of going back to your why, when I was working and with the clients that I work with, I think it's very important to develop that vision of where you want your life to be. So like, where are you living? How are you living? What does your day look like? Who are you spending it with? What are you doing each day? What do you, you know, what are your hobbies? All of those kinds of things and get very clear on that. So that when, again, when you have those hard days, you can go back to it. When you need to make some large life decisions, you can make sure that they're aligned with where your personal vision is. Mm -hmm. And so I offer a workbook on how to develop that personal vision. And people can find that um, on my website. And I believe you're going to be having a link as well. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, with that, thank you so much, Leah. Thank you for being on the show. Oh, and we've got, uh, was that coaching? If somebody wants to get coaching, uh, if somebody li listening right now and is, is, yeah. uh, is ready and wants to take that next step, they can, they can see you for some coaching help, right? Yes, they can, most certainly. So first step would be setting up just a complimentary consultation so we get to know each other a little bit, understand what you're looking for with coaching. And then if you decide to you know, sign up for coaching, I'm offering 20% off of my coaching packages for your listeners. Awesome. Thank you so much, Leah. It was amazing talking to you. A lot of great advice and uh, I wish you only the best and I look forward to yeah, catch up on the flip side. All right. Thank you so much for having me.